Welcome to the Next of the Hub, the TV series hub podcast. Join us to explore the entertainment galaxy in this new feature made with love from fans and for fans. If you like debates, neck talks, and to be well informed about TV and film, this is the podcast for you. From Nerks to Nerks. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerks of the Hub. I am your host today, Heaven, and I'm joined by fellow Nerk podcaster and writer, Kelsey. Hi. And our very special guest for today, Dallas Barnett. Hello, Nerksland. How are you? <laughs> you may have seen him in web series that we have been publishing a, quite a bit of retweets for on our Nerk page called AFK. For those of you who don't know, that stands for Away from Keyboard. <laughs> you may also have seen him in a movie called The Hobbit, if you've heard of it. Nobody saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Just that little tiny indie. <laughs> so uh, I feel like since Kelsey and I are huge fans of the AFK series, that we may as well kick it off with some of that. Yeah, sounds good. So how did you even get involved in this web series? Because honest to goodness, uh, it's my favorite web series that I've seen on YouTube ever. And it, I just think it's pretty cool. It's got to be a big undertaking. So the, the, it's kind of a long story here, if you got a minute. Um, I'm sitting playing Skyrim one day and my phone rings and it's a number I'd never seen. So I strangely answered it because i just generally don't do that and uh the guy on the other line said uh hey um i'm peter haynes doing a little web series um would like you to come play a, a really fascinating part and he explained it to me and i said yeah that sounds wicked and he said well we're not getting paid for it and i'm like yeah, okay that'll work um wicked. yeah yeah that I mean, no, the the way he explained it, um, you know, I'm not in this business to get rich. I mean, it would be a nice side effect, but that's not the, the end all and be all of me doing this. Um, I love creating these characters. I'm an old school Dungeons and Dragons player. And, you know, to be able to, to put this kind of personality and this kind of character on screen as opposed to just in the theater of the mind with Dungeons and Dragons was one of the reasons I got into this line of work, um, I, I just absolutely love playing dress-up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we uh, we shot uh, the first season over a period of about 11 months, obviously with nobody getting paid for the shoot, that um, we, we had to prioritize the paying work that we were getting so nobody could get on set at the same time. There's a lot of scenes in the first season where you know you'll see them cutting back and forth between characters and the two actors are not even on the same set and uh, not even on the same day wow it's shot it's shot with stand-ins it's shot with um script readers and done that way and it just really edited together well yeah i never never thought for a second anytime i've been watching that any that they were not in the same room that's yeah that's a nice tidbit <laughs> skills um yeah well you know editing skills anyway 
Did okay, I heard you say you like creating characters like this. Did you create your character? Well, the nice thing about AFK, um, Peter is an amazing writer. AFK came around as basically Peter Haynes doing a deep dive into World of Warcraft for two years and almost not being able to get out of it. Um, he turned that experience into a, a, a breakdown of a script. There's hardly any, we, we are given a script, but it's not expected that we stick to the script. We are given a lot of latitude with our characters. Um, the, the actress who plays Q, the Elven Ranger, the only person on the cast, not even Peter Haynes, the writer and showrunner, knows who she really is in real life. She could be male or female, and she's the only one who knows that. That's cool. Yeah, Peter gives us that latitude to create the characters as we see them. Vrug, I don't want to give away any, any spoilers for those who have not seen AFK, but Vrug is a very, very complicated character. Um, Vrug is amazing. <laughs> so adorable. <laughs> is the best orc ever, and you want to, like, look, people, you're going to know from the first time you see him, you want to wrap him in bubble wrap and hold him tight, and he looks so mean and scary, but he's, like, the best. You have created the most adorable orc, and I can't even believe I'm saying that. <laughs> he's... he's- <laughs> he's um he's a lot of fun to play. Um I think we've all been that person at one point in our life being the the nerds and geeks that we are. Um I was a, I was a geek before being a geek was considered cool. I was you know, I was shoved in lockers. I know the inside of school lockers better than most people. Um because I was small for my age when I was 13 and 14. Uh, believe it or not, I'm like 300 pounds now, but um <laughs> Yeah, I was I was bullied and and I have a lot of experience with the the feelings that go along with that and I just poured those all into Vruga. Well, it definitely comes through. I mean, it's beautifully portrayed. It's just he's I mean, all the characters though, I think are very surprising and I love that about it because it's one of those where you're like familiar I'm a wow player so I was like this is so cool I totally can dig this I would hate to be my character because I play a wargrin which is like the werewolf (laughs) so I would hate to be like wake up and be like you know but they're very surprising I mean and I think Vruga and Mabel are my two absolute like favorites on the show and I just it's yeah, it's just, it's different, and it's very exciting. Well, I mean, if, if you'll notice in season one, nobody had the racial abilities, um, the the infravision and the, the hearing and stuff like that comes with the races. Vruga was normal strength until an event happened and everybody got the infravision, no spoilers, and the magic came back into the world, and, and all of a sudden Vruga's pounding 18 double up strength. And, I mean, can can lift a car at this point. He's, like, crazy strong. And, um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun to play with that. You know, I, I don't know if I would be able to survive in a video game or a tabletop RPG being the person that I am right now with the, the life skills that I have gained. I mean, I've, I'm fairly well-educated and capable of, of I can build anything in my shed, whatever. I don't know if I'll be able to survive a sword fight or, you know, find food and water when there's, I don't know what can be eaten. You know, um, 
in in the woods in on Earth, I could probably survive. In the woods on another planet, I don't know. You know, and that's what that's what AFK comes down to. Would you be able to, you know, take the skills you have in your life and apply them to a whole other dimension, basically, and be able to come out of it on the other side? Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> I'm like, no internet. I'm just gonna lay down and die. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. just. Gonna, I'm gonna have a nap. <laughs> I'm gonna be eaten by foxes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't play well, okay, you play D and D. I also play D and D. I have a couple characters. Could you play your D and D character in AFK? Ah, <laughs> uh, woo! That I've got a couple of long-term characters. I've got uh, my favorite characters were based off of uh, Raistlin and Caramon from Dragonlance. Caramon, I could probably play because I'm I'm a rather large mammal, and you know I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm six foot three hundred pounds. So I mean I could I could pretty much hold up physically in anything. Uh, the other character, my wizard character. I'm not evil, and my wizard character was just neutral evil, mm. and he really, really only gave a shit about himself and his power. And I'm not sure I'm that person. That's probably a good thing. You know, yeah. I mean, I uh, the best. Yeah, the best. Um, I guess the best comparison in AFK would be probably Vanya. Okay. Oh. Interesting. You know, Vanya, Vanya would be neutral evil or chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, I mean, Vanya's not really a dick. He's just playing the game differently. Yeah, I guess he's playing the game like a game, but it's, uh, he's kind of a dick. Come on. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He's a really nice guy in real life. We're like best friends. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but, I mean, Vanya's character in AFK would be K-New or neutral evil. And, you know, that's that's my wizard in in D anD D would would be kind of that personality. All he cares about is his power and what's good for him. Not to give too many spoilers, but for those of you Vanya fans out there, we do get a little bit of a naked scene yeah. in oh, yeah. season two. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, the thing that the thing about Vanya, um, fun fact about Vanya, he is Mister Vanya is Mister. Burlesque New Zealand. Really? Yes, keeping Vanya's check out his Instagram and Twitter, Mr. Ivan the Red on Twitter. Okay. Um, and that links that links to his um his Instagram. It is difficult to keep Vanya clothed even when the cameras are <laughs> off. So um That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean he is an acrobat, he's a circus performer, he's an honest honest to God circus freak. Um, he is probably between him and and the actor that plays um, Mabel um, Ravi. Um, they are the two pound for pound strongest members of our cast. Really, I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed that about Mabel. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Mabel um, um, Ravi um, Ravi's a stunt stunt person, stunt performer, and he um, we worked together on Hobbit. Okay. And he was a, a stunt. Um, scale double for Bilbo and, and a bunch of the other hobbits. Um, he has a Guinness Book of World Record for uh, hanging from two fingers while doing a lever 
hanging from a bar on two fingers while levering his legs up. It is incredible. He is the strongest human I have ever met in my life. Whoa. That's so yeah. cool. And yet yeah. he was like afraid to use the bathroom. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, if you woke up and you had, you know, new tackle below, yeah. I'd be a little too, yeah. ah, what is that? That was one of my favorite scenes in, in season one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robbie, Robbie plays, Robbie plays the feminine really well. Um, you'll notice some of his mannerisms. He does the hair flips and, and I mean, he really is, is a, a fine actor in my opinion. You know, I really well, liked working with him. It helps. I don't even know, I don't know if help is the right word, but it's really very cool to hear the background that you're telling us about some of these actors because it really does show exactly how good they are at what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are really good. And, and the writing is so... <laughs> it is so trippy to me. There's an episode in season two. Again, I want to say everything, and I'm like, don't, no spoilers. <laughs> but it's there's an episode where two characters are watching something happen from a very long distance, if you will, distance. Uh, and it's both, like, the most touching, like, heart-wrenching scene that immediately morphs into the weirdest what-are-they-doing scene um, when they, like... Oh, just start. And I was like, what is happening? I'm like crying. And then I'm going like, no, you can't do that. You, you cannot do that. <laughs> it's genius. It's so, so good. It's so good. <laughs> I was just going to say, everybody has to go watch now to see what the heck Kelsey's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually curious. You'll have to like get me off air and tell me which scene you're talking about because I'm uh, I've been a while since I've seen all of season one. So I wanted to ask really quick. It, so you're in Hobbit: Desolation of Smog, yes. and Smog, Smog, and um, <laughs> so you talk about being bullied as a child in the like first what four minutes of the Hobbit. We get this like super int- like you're like in a tavern with this like super deep like angry intimidating look. Do you ever just want to take that and just like mail it to all the people who were mean to you? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. You know, here's here's the thing. Um, the the people who tormented me in high school and the people who made fun of me for being different and wearing the Howdy Doody shirt with the with the neckerchief and all that. Oh, they adorable. they are they are the reason that I am the person I am today, because without the strength that I gained from ignoring these people and fighting through the, the urge to just break down in tears and and the discipline that I gained from being bullied, it made me the person, the strong, confident, funny person that, that I am today. And I couldn't have done what I have accomplished in my life had it not been for those experiences. And, you know, a lot of people might take that as like, oh, you're, you're, you're excusing the bullying. No, I'm not. I'm thanking my bullies. You know, thanks. You know, you guys made me who I am and, and I'm in movies now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. it, it comes around, you know? 
You, you know, that's interesting. We actually, so I just recorded a podcast with uh, Marcus Bishop Hill, who's a producer. He produces a lot of um, Hallmark Christmas movies, and mm-hmm. this, which that podcast will actually come out after yours because it's our kind of Christmas podcast. But he was talking about, um, you know, growing up and being bullied for being different, you know, being into things that the other kids, you know, were not and, and that. And we were actually talking about the same thing. And I was saying, you know, with my kids, it's hard because... I want to protect them from all of that for the mm-hmm. most part. Like I don't want them cause I was bullied really badly, you know, and I don't want them to ever get to that level of bullying. But at the same time, the people who go through some of that at least are always the best adults. They're the most empathetic. They understand other people. They take the time to yeah. like listen and understand perspectives. And so I understand that, you know, but of course there is part of me that's like, you know, someday I'm going to talk to Chris Evans on my podcast and I'm going to send you all a picture. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the best revenge is living well. And, yeah. you know, I've got I've got people that are friends of mine on Facebook that were tormentors of mine in, in high school. And they're just like, oh, we always knew that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, you wouldn't go to the prom with me. Okay, you laughed at me when I asked you to go to the prom, and now you're, you know, you're asking if I need a date for the red carpet, you know, <laughs> and I can, and I can go, can't no, yeah, because I have a, a gorgeous wife, and I'm happy, and I'm living in a foreign country and making movies, and you know, you missed your chance thirty years ago. Sorry. <laughs> <Mm-mm-mm>. <laughs> you know, a, a, a big, a big part of of, of my childhood, I, I was kind of small for my age when I was 13 and 14 and between 14 and 16 I put on 100 pounds wow and like doubled my size basically and the bullying stopped imagine that that. I mean you go from being a small geeky kid to this 250 pound gorilla and people are not wanting to uh you know, stuff you in a locker anymore, mostly because you don't fit. Number two, because you turn around and stuff them in a locker. So, <laughs> just desserts. <laughs> just desserts, right? I mean, about all these people that are that are, you know, younger people that are listening to your pod, um, gather strength from it. Use use that energy that they're putting towards you to to become a stronger person. To you know, your life is going to get better. They're going to peak in high school. That's true. You know, you know these people are as, as good as they're going to get, and they know it. Yeah, or if they don't, they will soon. They will <laughs> soon, yeah. Life is going to slap them around like nobody's business. Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I think but... when you've had a lot of practice dealing with yeah. horrible people, you get better at it. <laughs> Not that yeah. I want anybody to have to get better at it, you know, but... We got here, and we may as well be proud of what it took to get us here. Yeah, it's a, it's a life skill. I mean, dealing dealing with dickheads becomes easier when you deal with a thousand of them. Yeah. You know, they're they're predictable. The bullies are predictable, and yeah. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head there. Really, I think it's interesting because that's I feel like a lesson that your character Ruga is sort of learning as well. Um, in season two about bullies and who is actually wanting to help and who is not. And right. 
Well, I, I, I put a lot of my experience into Veruga. I mean, I put a lot of my life skills and, and the way I felt growing up because, you know, Veruga's considerably younger than I am in real life. And, and I remember all these things. And um, the, the times where you see the times where you see Veruga breaking down and crying, that's real. I mean, that's not that's not um, glycerin in the eye. That's I mean, I'm yeah. Uh, Season one, the uh, the um, the Awakenings episode, Vruga's Awakenings, where you're sitting under the tree. God, that is a heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was sobbing underneath that tree. I mean, I was just I had to take five after that after that scene and and just go separate and and you know maintain a little bit. And I just um, I put it into my mind. I'm I'm a bit of a method actor. Um, I put in my mind just the most heartbreaking thing I could possibly think about at that point. And Pete just said, okay, you know, you're really sad. And I'm like, okay, you ready for this? <laughs> and he wasn't. I mean, the whole the whole crew was just like dabbing their eyes after that scene. They didn't wrap you in bubble wrap? <laughs> no, no, I, you know, they need a lot of bubble wrap. <laughs> they need a lot of bubble wrap to get my fat ass wrapped up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel like the next few episodes, I'm going to be like, oh, no, he's really crying. <laughs> oh, the the next few episodes, you're going to do that a lot. No, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> the next, the, I mean, we're we're in the tail end of the series right now, so it it's it's getting real at this point. Ah. And, um, yeah, Vruga has a very interesting arc from this point on. Um, as far as far as I mean, because you know he's he's kind of bonded with Q, yeah, as as a, a, like a, a surrogate mother at this point. I don't think he realizes that not everybody is the gender that they are in the game, so he's latched onto Q as a surrogate mother, and he's very protective over her. Also adorable because Q is a great character too, and just the two of you together is really cute. <laughs> yeah. Vruga really does not trust Steven. Well, for reasons, right? Yeah, I mean, even um, the the actress that played Steven in, in season one, J.J. Fong, she's she's brilliant. She's a brilliant actress. Unfortunately, she was not available this season because we went two years without a, without filming on to bigger and better things, and she's actually doing quite well here in New Zealand as an actress. Um, got her own um, web series and stuff like that going on that's doing quite well. Um, we lost a couple of characters just because of that, and we had to recast or or move past. But JJ, just I mean, I really didn't like JJ when she was in the chainmail bikini. Personally, I mean, in real life, I really did not like this person when she was in costume. But when she was out of costume, I mean, we'd sit there and have laughs, and and you know, because she portrayed the the Stephen character so well in character you know it's just like she was unlikable yeah she totally was the, she was the bully yeah. yeah 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 no exactly um the the new actress that we have uh, amanda tito is wonderful she's really picked up well where jj has left off um and she's she's a she's a unit mate she's absolutely just insane <laughs> She's <Okay. laughs> insane in real life. She's a lot of fun. It's so much fun to work with. The whole the whole crew. I mean, we're a family at this point. The whole crew is just um, is just 
you know, brothers and sisters and cousins and, you know, we've bonded over the last five years that we've been making this because, you know, we, we have such a deep love for this project. Is there, I heard you say you're coming to the end. Does that mean there's uh, no season three planned for AFK? We have season three planned, but we've already been told we're not doing it unless the money is there. Mm. Um, um, The first, yeah, the first season, the first season we shot for New Zealand, $15,000. Everything that's in that playlist on Starable was shot for $15,000 New Zealand, which is, which is about 10 grand us. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nobody got paid. Yeah, nobody got paid. We all begged, borrowed, and stole props and armor, and you know we made our own stuff. And we had we were shooting on a a seventy D camera. Uh, now this season we're shooting on like full professional rig, but it was a handheld DSLR. We were shooting on season one. The uh, the unit the the food was a bag of trail mix or a power bar. You know now we've got actual catered catered unit coming out to us and, and feeding us and you know we stand out for pizza and stuff like that that's that's season two um season one like i said we couldn't get the actors together a lot of the times in the in the same scene together because we weren't getting paid but we love this project so much that we have to tell this story the story is inside us and we have to get it out otherwise it's just gonna like fester and and become insanity it shows <laughs> not the insanity the love <laughs> yeah. the insanity shows too i mean the next the next several episodes should really show the insanity because it gets crazy it uh, it really ramps up from here and just turns out whole new i mean game of thrones style yeah <laughs> so can i ask i guess specifically about the money because i don't really know a lot about how web series sort of work i know y'all did a an Indiegogo for the season two is that right? Like, did you like crowdfunding? Season one was crowdfunded on uh, on Kickstarter. Okay. And we just we just cleared it. We just made it. Okay. Um, season two, um, we took it in front of um, the New Zealand Film Commission uh, in New Zealand on Air, which is a program here that's sponsored by the government for New Zealand content to be put on New Zealand broadcast television and out into the greater world. We got three hundred thousand dollars for season two. Nice, you know, and that that really that really I think shows in the production quality increase that we've had. Um, we were able to get better props. We were able to get better costuming, better equipment. Um, everybody got paid. It wasn't full rate. I mean, my my rate is considerably larger daily than what I was paid. But as I said, I have to tell this story. I have to bring Varuga to life otherwise it's just going to fester away in my brain and make me crazy well big shout out to the government of new zealand (laughs) thanks New zealand on air so is this something i guess for like going forward because we love this we want more of this is this something that you hope that they will do again the sort of similar process for season three or is there like Hey, we want to get this on Netflix. Like, I, I mean, is there kind of a movement towards anything, or is it like we're gonna just see how season two does for now? Well, um, we're we're getting really good ratings on New Zealand um, on uh, New Zealand 
TVNZ On Demand, um, which is where it plays originally. They have all the rights to season two for for world or for worldwide broadcast. We have to release two episodes ahead of where we release it publicly, which is why you guys internationally are only on season only on episode six. seven, I, six. Right. So we're on episode eight. Episode nine is next Thursday on TVNZ. It's oh. on the. Uh, yeah, it's on the on-demand program here, um, or platform here in New Zealand. So we're two episodes ahead of you. Once we get that, then we can look at how the ratings went this season and take it in front of them, take it in front of them again, and um, say, "Look, we did this for three hundred thousand dollars. This is the results we got. It's a business. I mean, end yeah. of the day, this is a business. This is this is our product." We're getting a lot of comments on YouTube about, you know, I hate that these episodes are only 10 to 15 minutes long and I wish you could do half hour episodes and everything. And the the, the reality of that is a half an hour AFK episode, 10, 10 episodes, half an hour each is going to be about 3 million. I feel like your response to that in your head would be yes. We want half-hour episodes, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely want half-hour. I'd be happy to do, you know, full-on hour episodes because there's enough story here to do an hour episode. You know, Peter, Peter says that, you know, Peter has said that he's got the arc planned through ep- or through season three. He knows what's happening through season three, and he wants a, a definite end to the series. There could be, and I'm really, really, really begging him to let me take Varuga as, as an offshoot. Oh, Ooh, we've, so Yeah, cute. we've not seen the Horde. Oh my god, that would be amazing! <laughs> so, if any of your if any of your, um, your listeners <laughs> if any of your listeners would like to see a Varuga spinoff where they go back and into the wasteland and meet the undead rogues and the, the other orcs and everything, it's you know, let us know. Let I me mean, get on the YouTube comments and then let us know and talk to the boss about that because I would love to. That would be amazing. My only would be only request would be that Mabel goes with him, which we all know can't happen. <laughs> <But> so <laughs> unfortunately in the Philippines right now. Well, oh, but next time. Yeah. Next time we'll we'll see. We, we've got, we've got a, an abundance of. Um, Can you imagine Mabel and a bunch of orcs? I mean, that would be the cutest thing ever. <laughs> well, the nice I... thing about New Zealand, we have a lot of leftover hobbits and dwarves. <laughs> so I mean, you know, there's a very good chance that we could get you know gnomes and and halflings and and stuff like that. We haven't had a dwarf in our series yet. Oh, yeah. I've been trying to talk to um, Mark Atkin. I don't know if you know that name, but he was the uh, he was the stunt double for Thorin Oakenshield in The Hobbit. Okay. Very, uh, we're we're good friends, and we you know we bonded a lot on on The Hobbit. We had a fight scene that got cut out, unfortunately, ended up on the cutting room floor. But uh, we've we've remained pretty good friends. Um, I'm trying to get John Callan um, from The Hobbit involved as a wizard. Cool. Yeah, uh, the talent pool here in New Zealand is, like, deep. Really, really, really deep. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, we've got uh, Mia, who plays Q, has been in Spartacus. 
As um, you as well, right? She was, yeah, I, I had a small part. Um, I got to say that is no boy, but in demons, that from the hunt of the underworld, and that was my fifteen minutes of Spartacus fame. Um, <laughs> I would have loved to have done the fighting, but they didn't need a three hundred pound gorilla at that point. But yeah, uh, Barry Duffield, who plays the other orc in season two, um, played uh, uh, what was what was his character? Uh, he was he was one of the main cast of Spartacus in the final season. Oh, okay. Uh, Luke Lugo, Barry Duffield, um, the the guy who the actor that plays my brother in this season um, played Lugo in the last season of Spartacus, and he's just he is like really cool. He's a great guy. Well, now I want to watch Spartacus. I haven't seen that one yet. You haven't seen Spartacus? I know for shame. For shame. Oh my. Goodness, there's there's a lot of nudity and cussing. There's a lot of TV out there. <laughs> there's so much really good content. But I mean, we've got you know we've we've got Power Rangers down here. We've got Ash versus Evil Dead that just finished shooting. We got Spartacus. We've got all the films. Uh, Avatar is shooting here. Is beginning to beginning to shoot here finally. Yeah, so we've got like a really hugely deep um, talent pool to draw from. None of us are what you would consider A-list pretty people. You know, um, I'm I'm the best-looking New Zealand actor. <laughs> no, I'm not. But um, on the magazine cover. Yeah, no, I mean you won't. You, I mean we've got Lucy Lawless down here, and she's still resident. She splits her years between New Zealand and, and Los Angeles. We've got her. We've got um, you know all the all the people who were on Xena and Hercules and and Jack of all trades. They're still here. They're still in the industry. You know we've got all the Spartac a lot of the Spartacus people that are still here. We've got a lot of the Hobbit people that are still here. That's neat. I mean, I think we, I think we in, in the states know a lot about British TV because that sort of gets funneled over here. But I think Australia and New Zealand, there's so much there, and um, we're just it's. I think it's slowly trickling its way here. Um, right. other, other than the big films, of course, which you know we get. But I think understanding the industry there is only kind of starting to get here yeah well um the film industry in new zealand is one of the biggest money makers for the economy you know we've got a huge dairy industry here that brings in billions and billions of dollars every year and and just taxes for the government um the film industry is is double that size you know we bring between the film industry and the tourism generated from the film industry we are the biggest industry in New Zealand, and the government finally realizes that. Is that what brought you to New Zealand in the first place? Because you're an uh, American-born, like me and Kelsey. Yeah, no, no. I, um, long story short, I um, married a Kiwi girl years ago. Um, I've been here since 2001. Uh, married a Kiwi girl, and that ended 10 years ago, whatever. And... Because she said, you have a choice to make. You can either go to work nine to five on the back of a tool truck, or you can be an actor and have, you know, and you can't do both. And I'm like, oh, so you're asking me to make a choice, you know, if I work nine to five and get to stay with you, or if I'm an actor and get to be my best self, that's the choice I'm forced to make. You're not going to like my answer. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, so, are not the most awesome thing in relationships. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah, no, she, I mean, she gave me that ultimatum, and she didn't like the uh, the result of it, because I'm in movies now, and I couldn't be happier. You're living your best self. 
You know, I try. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> so you play a lot of uh, monsters, including <laughs> four different ones in Power Rangers. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So, I mean, is that a lot of, like, motion capture, or is that, like, the full makeup kind of deal? Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm not actually on set for the Power Rangers. I sit in a voice studio ah, okay. with and headphones on. okay, and it's all, like, on. animated or whatever computer done. No, no, there's actually people in those costumes, but they're, they're, um, the stuntmen or the stunt people are generally Japanese, brought really? over from Japan that, that worked on the old rubber suit things and they bring those over and they're martial artists and you know because i can't move like that i mean i'm i'm a large like i said large mammal um i don't actually get in the costumes i'm not actually on set for power rangers i do most of my most of my work actually is voice work i've got a lot of commercials running worldwide and a lot of animations and some video games and such like that uh, the screen stuff is is more or less a hobby Okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, even some, like, documentary voiceovers, right? Yeah, I've got some stuff on uh, Nat Geo and History Channel, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff um, from Antarctica that's produced right here in New Zealand because we are the last stop before you get to the South Pole. And so they produce a lot of a lot of the um, Southern Ocean and Antarctica stuff, and they bring me down to, bring me down to uh, Dunedin um, a couple times a year to put voice to it. That's so cool. <laughs> I like. I would never. I just never would have put those two together. Yeah. Well, I mean the um, the Air National Guard, the New York Air National Guard. I did uh, did a documentary years ago on the Snowbirds, which is the big C one thirty Hercules aircraft that have the rockets strapped to the side of them that fly back and forth to the South Pole from Christchurch, New Zealand. That's where they're based when they're in season down here. And they fly down and, you know, pick up all the ice samples and stuff and all the research and then rock it up and drop it off in Christchurch and put it on another uh, military aircraft for universities and research facilities all over the world. So we did uh, we did that. And I've never been to the South Pole, and I really want to go. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> awesome. I mean, so people get to go there. <laughs> cold, Kelsey. It does cold, sound cold. <laughs> But what do you have to be like a research scientist to go? Like, do you have to have a reason to go there? Can you just? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> you you can't just buy a ticket. Um, you can, you can do a cruise. Yeah, you can do you can do cruises, but they don't actually take you to Scott Base. Okay, yeah, yeah. You you can cruise around the bottom and uh, Air New Zealand, the, the the Kiwi National Airline here, does um, polar flights where they will go up above the South Pole. They're doing one, I believe, New Year's Eve, leaving from Christchurch, New Zealand, or Wellington. I forget which one. But they do one where you they do a big orbit around the South Pole where you can be uh, in each time zone oh, yeah. cel- celebrating New Year's like 12 times or whatever. You know, for the time they're in the air, they just do a big orbit over the South Pole, and you got like southern lights flashing in the sky and every 10 minutes everybody's going happy new year and it's pretty wild (laughs) (laughs) and that's That's definitely above my pay grade but it sounds amazing (laughs) oh yeah i bet that's above most people's pay grade (laughs) um, it's quite affordable i mean if you're if you're yeah um, it's i'll send you a link it's um i mean it's something that that should be on everybody's bucket list 
Yeah, I want to celebrate 2020 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good year to do it in. Got a, got a year to plan, so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> do you get to kiss your date every for like every time zone you cross through? At least. Yeah. When you get when you get that close to the pole where there's only like one or two degrees separating the time zones, you know, it you know, you can do an orbit and and go back in time and go forward in time and That would be one epic mile high club. <laughs> of, course you, of, of course you went there. <laughs> We always go there if we can. <laughs> that's our that's our mo, Dallas. Haven't you figured that out yet? Yeah, I, I, I figured that out weeks ago. <laughs> so, what's coming up for you? I know AFK is the passion project, and it doesn't consume your every day. So, what are you working on? What's coming up? Um, I'm always auditioning. I've got um, I've got a. Uh, they're doing a television series remake from a, another great show from the 1970s that I just auditioned for a reoccurring slash main cast role. Um, we'll find out. Fingers crossed on that. I can't say anything more about that. But, uh, yeah, I play another another evil, nasty person. Um, I was going to say the A-team, but I guess not. <laughs> no, 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 it's, no I, 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 I look silly with a mohawk. um yeah but i've got i'm always doing um like tv commercials and um as i said my uh my voice work is the main job that i do um the the thing is i'm what's called a cut through voice down here because a lot of the voice actors in new zealand have a new zealand or british accent I am one of, I think, three American voices, North American voices working in New Zealand. So I do like the Milwaukee tools and um, the Air New Zealand ads for when they fly to Chicago or, you know, New Orleans or anything like that. I I'm, do all of those. I do everything they need, a voice to just absolutely cut through the static of New Zealand accents they get me in for. That's so pretty that's, cool. I, I do, yeah, I do a couple of those a week normally. Wow, and you taught us a new phrase, too. I'd never heard cut through before, but that makes sense in the context you explained to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I have no general natural talent. I'm just, I'm different. <laughs> and you have a very I, nice voice. That you doesn't might hurt. You yourself short just a little bit there, my friend. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll, here's, a, here's a pro tip for you. The, uh, the IRS in the U.S., um, they don't take kindly to you trying to claim 30 years of Jack Daniels and cigarettes on your taxes. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're like, how, how do you think? It's, how do you think I perfected my tool? <laughs> yeah. How do you, this is how I built my tool. You know, this is a work expense. Jack Daniels and cigars gave me the voice that I have today. You know, so I'm going to take the 30 years of Jack Daniels and cigars off on my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you're telling funny. me that doesn't work. Okay, got it. No, it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> what if we claim as a work expense, like, we have to drink Jack Daniels every time we do a podcast because we're now a drinking podcast. Would that count? Yeah, actually, I think that would. We need to make a <laughs> We are now a drinking podcast. 
We're going to take all these bottles of vodka off on our taxes. <laughs> I mean, write-offs, that's very ambiguous of what you can write off. So there has to be a way. You know, hairstylists and whatnot, they can write off their alcohol if they give somebody a glass of wine. Mm. When you go hair done. Hairstylists can write off getting their nails done. Yeah. I just found I mean, there's out. A, a, yeah. There's a barbershop that I go to here in Auckland where I get my beard trimmed, and I walk in and they hand me a beer. Yeah, that's what's up. And it's just like, that's what's up. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's awesome. I well, love it. we really appreciate you coming on. I think we're going to wrap up. So we have a standard final question. Okay, go right ahead. And that is favorite fan interaction, other than us, of course. <laughs> oh, my. Um, that's a difficult question for me. Um, I I really, really, really love the fans that allow me to do the work that I do, that, that support the work that I do. Every fan interaction that I have is my favorite. Oh. That feels like a slight bit of a cop-out, Dallas. <laughs> I, mean, I, I go to... Um, I've, I've normally will make time for a fan to to chat with me on Twitter at a convention. Um, I will sit and talk with a, with a fan that really appreciates my work because they're the reason that I get to do this. And they're going to go out and tell their friends, you know, I met this guy. He's a real nasty piece of work on screen, but he's the sweetest, nicest person in real life. And, you know, we sat and had a beer or a cup of tea or whatever. Every fan interaction that I have is important to me. You know, and then, you know, I've got a, I've got one that sticks out really, really heavily for me. There is a young lady in Germany. She is autistic, um, very sheltered in her life. She grew up on the other side of the wall. And she contacted me on Twitter and said, I want to come to HobbitCon, which is a, a big Middle Earth convention in, in Bonn, Germany, but I'm not sure that I can because of my autism, but I have a gift for you that you basically um, inspired me to do a painting of you, and I really want to give it to you in person, but I'm not sure that I can. She forced herself to go into this huge crowded convention against everything that her body and mind was telling her to give me these paintings. She's on oh. Twitter. We're still friends. Wow. You know? A.K. Hennepin Art, um, The Autistic Art of Life, I think, is, and she's a brilliant artist. And she is just a um, very, very beautiful person. That is a beautiful story, and we appreciate you sharing it with us. Where's I have a soft artist. Hmm? I said, where's the bubble wrap so we can wrap up how cute you are again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I have a, I have a, a soft spot for a soft spot for artists. My my wife is a uh, artist and graphic designer, and um, I just I love creativity in, in all forms. And you know, I'm so proud of my wife, and I'm so proud of um, so awed by everybody that can put pen to paper or you know tablet or whatever and create these things that are just unimaginable. It's beautiful. Wow, I feel like you ended us on such a great note. I can't even. I gotta thank you so much for coming on with us. I, I, you're awesome. The characters you play are super fun, and it's been really fantastic to learn a little bit more about you and the uh, 
uh, other humans that you work with that have made these projects possible. And we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's been an absolute blast. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad uh, everybody is healthy today because the last time we had, you know, some, some spewage going on. <laughs> you just had to say it on air. Come on, I Alice. did have to say that on air. I didn't say who. I never said who. <laughs> One of us has been officially called out. Yeah. One of you has been officially called out for for spewing all over the microphone. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, gee, I wonder oh. who it is. Uh. Well, now we know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank well, I you hope so you much. don't all have to go brush your teeth right now. Yeah. This has been <laughs> another podcast from Nurks of the Hub. Thanks, everybody, for listening with us today. Bye, Nurks. You just listened to the podcast Nurks of the Hub, produced, recorded, and edited by the TV Series Hub team. If you want to read TV and film-related articles, reviews, and more, go to www.tvserieshub.tv. Also, follow us on Twitter and check our Facebook page, both at TV Series Hub. Send us a message. No, proudly.